Welcome to our series here. Uh, We're looking at ways people in Scripture dealt with difficult situations in their lives and were able to experience refreshing from God in the middle of difficult terrain as they were experiencing it in their lives. So we are learning about creating here moments, right where you are, right where you're living right now. So last week we talked about creating these moments with God, and we even talked about purchasing a mat and putting on it here, and that being a place between you and God. And some of you sent in some pictures about where you're meeting with God, that in your difficult situations, in your challenges, in your life, where you're meeting with him, whether it's at work, whether it's at home, whether it's in a special place in your house or in the backyard, that you are creating here moments with God and experiencing his refreshing. Now, I know God's everywhere, and I think we all understand that, but it's just like in marriage. There are times in your marriage when you and your spouse have just got to carve out some time to be here together. And I think we all know it when the other person's not really there, though they may physically be there. But sometimes when we talk together, where we learn together, where we grow together, where we maybe cry together or even laugh together. And, and what happens is too often we allow these here moments between a husband and wife to uh, be so far apart that we lose the refreshing functionality of the relationship, that joy, that pleasantness, that refreshing that comes with being in love with another person. And it happens in our relationship with God. We allow busyness or hardship or apathy to interrupt the refreshing functionality of our relationship with God. That time that we spend with him, that joy that we get through the power of his spirit into our lives. But what God wants us to realize is that in our relationship with him, we can be refreshed in the worst of terrain. So last week, we looked at Jacob. And we saw how he was refreshed by God when he had a here moment with God at a place that he called Bethel. So I want to continue to look at what happens when God speaks into a person's life in a here moment. And and what are some of the elements of the things that God does in a here moment with us? You know, um, most of the time when I'm going to uh, teach out of the Bible, what I'll do is I'll try to set up the context of the story. I'll, I'll try to lay out some of the history. Uh, I'll try to lay out some of the information, who the players are in the story. And, and then I'll dive actually into the story and get to what the meat of the story is about. But you know, the story that we're going to look at today, I think, I think the backstory and the setup for the story is just as much a part of what God wants to communicate to us as the story itself. Why? Because I think you're going to find yourself in this story. It was a time defined by the text in Judges 17 where it was said that everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Dang, we could just start right there. I mean, look at our world. Everybody's doing what everybody thinks that they should do. We're fighting over mass, race, politics, whether to go back to school or not. Um, we're, we're, we're having to deal with anti-white speech or anti-black speech or anti-Jewish speech. Um, CNN makes Trump out to be an idiot while Fox 
news makes him out to be a hero. Um, if you want to burn a city, apparently, go ahead. If you want to shoot people on your property. I mean, it's just like absolutely crazy that everybody seems to be doing what is right in their own eyes. And, and this may even typify it more, and it may seem a little insensitive, but I think it illustrates it perfectly. In one city, blacklivesmatter.com pulled down a Confederate statue and decided to replace it with something else. Well, just hours later, another group came by and pulled down that statue. And, and, and what does this exemplify? That we're living in a culture where people do what is right in their own eyes. So, this is part of our backstory. This is part of what we're living, and that's what's also part of this story here. Let's continue to look at the backstory that our character and our God moment is centered around. Let me read it to you out of Judges chapter 6. The people of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord gave them into the hand of the Midian for seven years. And the hand of Midian overpowered Israel, and because of Midian, the people of Israel made for themselves dens that are in the mountains and the caves and the strongholds. And whenever the Israelites planted crops, the Midianites and the Amalekites and the people of the east would come up against them. And they would encamp against them and devour the produce of the land as far as Gaza and leave no sustenance in Israel. So they laid waste the land as they came in. And Israel was brought very low because of Midian. And the people of Israel cried out for help to the Lord. See, the, the character of the Midianites personifies harassment. And it personifies the harassment that we're experiencing right now in our own culture. It's interesting that in the original language, Midian means contentious one or brawler. And it, it's, it's just a perfect illustration of how we feel right now. We just are in an air of contention. We're, we're, we feel like we're, we're taking body blows from every direction that we look and every situation that we're involved in. There's COVID-19. There's school startup decisions. I was looking at some of the battles that were taking place on CNN and Fox and, and Facebook between individuals about whether school should start or not. And, and it was like people had different opinions based upon what their needs were and their family needs were. And, and, and it's just a sense of contentiousness, a, a lack to come to agreement. There's closures. There's masks to be worn. There's job layoffs. And, and it seems as if we're walking around saying to ourselves, if it isn't this thing, it's, it's something else that raises its ugly head. See, the Midianites were thorough. Just like today, just like the contentiousness and the brawling and the, the adversity and the harassment that we're experiencing from all kinds of different issues in our lives, the, the Midianites were thorough about it. And when I was looking at how I'm being affected personally and maybe how you're being affected, I began to think about all the levels of human experience and categories of how we experience life and wanted to see if COVID-19 and surrounding issues were touching it. But I began to look. We're being affected physically, emotionally, spiritually, economically, um, internationally, 
It has touched our sports, our education, our businesses, our entertainment, our churches, even our national solidarity. I mean, I have a hard time remembering when an adversity came into our lives as Americans that touched so many levels of who we are. We have, we have been affected by the power of the Midian, the, the power of the brawler, the harasser, the, the contentious spirit in our lives. Every level of our lives has been invaded and the terrain has been run over. So, so how do you get through terrain like this? How do you make it in a time like ours? See, their backstory was our story. And, and the reason why I think reading this story gave me comfort was because it made me realize, as I was going through the list of things that they had to deal with, it made me realize that God had been here before. This is my first time, and maybe your first time, being in a sociological phenomenon that has had such personal devastation to so many lives. But what we find out from this backstory is that this is not God's first time in such a social environment. And what we're going to see is that he knows how to get us through. And we're also going to see that what he prescribes in the middle of a difficult time like this is a here moment with him. So let's pick up the story. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth at Ophrah, which is just another fancy phrase for tree, which belonged to Joash the Abizarite, while his son Gideon was beating out wheat in the winepress to, to hide it from the Midianites. So he's got to hide his food from the Midianites and all the produce, he's got to hide it from them. But I was really, I thought this was an interesting way for this story to start out, and it seemed a little bit weird. Um, I don't think anything in scripture is wasted. I don't think that we're told that the angel of the Lord comes down and then sits under a tree shading himself by accident. I mean, why put this in here? And, and so, as I looked at it more, I realized that it is the dialogue of presence. Um, it is the dialogue of uh, presence that is personally specific to this young man named Gideon. See, God wants to communicate to us that I'm in your neck of the woods, literally. That I see how you're harassed and I see the things that you're struggling with. And he wants to illustrate in the story the hearness of God. A lot of times we'll see in scripture where it will just say, and the Lord said, and you're kind of like looking around wondering, well, I mean, where did that come from? Or trying to visualize how that occurred in the story. But, but the writer wanted us to realize that, that God, the angel of the Lord, was really in the picture. He was really in the story. And he wanted to communicate to us this dialogue of presence. And that, that's so important to us, that God wants us to realize that he's here in the story. I see what you're struggling with. I'm in, I'm in your life, and I see the things that are harassing you. But we also need to see what else is going on in the story. Because it seems that Gideon, like us, when we're faced with a Midian experience, 
being harassed from all angles of life, that we begin to get a little bit warped in how we deal with it. See, the scriptures tell us that Gideon was beating out the wheat in the wine press. He wasn't beating out the wheat in the threshing floor where you would normally do this kind of work. But rather, he had to take the wheat, move it to the wine press, and there he was now performing the same act that he was supposed to perform, but a different way. Um, and what I think it illustrates is that when we experience harassment in our life or dysfunction in our life or challenge in our life, we, we try to go about doing the right thing, but we find ourselves going about the right thing the wrong way. See, fear makes Gideon do things that normally don't make sense. See, they're, they're making him, fear's making him react a little bit differently and a little bit weirder. And, and, and it changes the way that we react in situations, how we interact with people, how we uh, deal with, with things, adversities in our marriages or in our relationships. I mean, just look at the way that we're doing church. It's kind of like things you know, because of fear, we kind of, everything got tilted just a little bit. We're, we're wanting to do the right thing, but now because of fear, we're having to do things a little bit differently. And, and it's, it's the effect when chaos begins to flow into our lives, we lose a sense of bearing and, and we lose the routine of doing things the way that we're normally doing them. And society has lost that ability as well. So through the story, God's going to show us what we all need. And what we all need is a here moment with God. And, and that's what Gideon's going to need. He's going to need a moment in the middle of, you know, his life has gotten crazy. And I don't know if he's even thought through what he's doing. But, you know, he's, he needs to hear from God. And in this moment with God, God's going to do something in his life. So the story tells us. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, the Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. And Gideon said to him, please, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his wonderful deeds that our fathers recounted to us, saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and given us into the hand of of Midian. Wow. What a response, but not just a response, but what a response to God. Um, but see, that's what hardships without God uh, do to you. It, it changes your perspective. It, it changes your life. You know, what I've learned over the last six months that I, I think we all leak. We all evaporate. We all dissipate. When the heat of the day and the difficulty of the, the times that we're living in begin to bear down on us, I think we're all leaking. I think our, our um, resolve is evaporating. I, I think our faith is dissipating. It's, it's just like disappearing from our lives the more we have to face adversity. And I think that's what's happened to Gideon. We lose sight of God in the middle of times like this. We lose sight of who we are, and we lose sight of the future. And this is exactly what has happened to Gideon. When you lose the awareness of God, you lose the awareness of yourself. 
And when you lose the awareness of who God created you to be, you lose sight of your future. Gideon let the circumstances X define him. Now, I know that sounds kind of a, like a weird way to put this, and, and I kind of made it up for this moment, but we're so about defining who we are as individuals and, and figuring out ways to define ourselves. And I think Gideon was somebody that represented a people who were defined, but now, because of events in life, he's now X-defined. He he not only lost his definition, but he had his definition extracted out of his life. Haven't you had that feeling at least once in the last six months that you were made for something more than this? I mean, the life that you're experiencing right now? Haven't you at some point, like just whether you're by yourself or you're looking at something on the news or while you're going through the routine of life or you're trying to balance the checkbook or haven't you just said, you know, spoken out of the X definition of who you are and it's like, I really thought life was going to be different. I really thought I was made for something better than what I'm experiencing in life right now. And the thing is, is that through Christ, we were made for more. But we have allowed all the interruptions of life to chop at and to eliminate our abiding in Christ, to get in the way of our here moments with God. Jesus told us in John chapter 15, he said, I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him he it is that bears much fruit. I mean, so the expectation that you were made for more than this is very much a biblical principle. He says that, that he who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. But he also says, for apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers and the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. Now, I don't want to go farther than this, this illustration that Jesus is giving. And I'm not going to uh, speculate about who's doing the gathering and who's doing the burning or where the burning takes place. But I think all of us have experienced what it's like to, to fail at abiding in Christ and to experience the, the withering, the drying up, the brittleness that comes with the leaf falling from the branch and the branch being cast to the side and being ready to be kindling. And that's what Jesus is talking about, is that when we get into life experiences and when we cease to abide, to have here moments with him, stay connected with him, that life seems to dry up. We are ex-defined. We lose our sense of being connected to something more than what we're experiencing in life. But he reminds us, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. See, God wants more for our lives. God wants us to live with definition and meaning in our lives. It not only benefits us, but it glorifies the Father. 
So, I mean, this is what God wants for us. But he says that there's this, this thing about abiding, remaining in God, spending time with God, staying relationally connected, and refreshed through a relationship with him that is so important to bearing fruit, particularly in difficult times like we're in. So I want you to listen how God challenges and speaks to Gideon in this here moment. And the Lord turned to him and said, go in this might of yours and save Israel from the, land, the hand of Midian. Do not I send you? And Gideon said to him, please, Lord, how can I save Israel? Behold, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. You, you just hear the dis, uh, dissipation of self-awareness, the dissipation of understanding uh, if God is for me, who can be against me. All of us have quoted that scripture to ourselves. Years and years have we walked with God, we've quoted that scripture. No weapon formed against us will prosper, but yet in this moment we begin to wonder and to question the reality of that truth. Why? Is it because we have proven it untrue? No, it's we have allowed ourselves to be detached from the abiding power of Christ, of being connected to the vine and, and seeing the richness of the fruit, uh, bearing um, the power and the love and the strength of God in our lives. And the Lord said to him, I will be with you and you shall strike the Midianites as one man. You know, I, I've, I heard it today from another person. I have thought it uh, for myself um, and maybe I, it really pertains to a lot of us as Christians. Um, I think we have lost our valor. Just, just think about that. In Hebrew, the word valor means living man. But what we do is we have a picture of the Israelites living in caves, hiding, doing work that's normally done a weird way because they've been forced to stop being the living man. They are the survival man. They are just trying to get by. They're, they're trying to hold on to what's theirs and not experience any more opposition in their lives. And I think that for a lot of us as Christians, we have, we have lost the valor of being a living man, being fully alive with the abundant life of Christ in us. We have allowed circumstances to drain the very life out of us. And I think too many of us are being satisfied with being the shell of the individual that God has called us to be. We have not only masked our mouths, but we have also masked our identities in Christ. But when we establish time to meet with God, hear moments through the Spirit of God, through the Spirit moving in our lives, valor is poured into our earthen vessels. I believe it was Paul who said in a verse that we have this treasure in earthen vessels, and we get excited about that verse because it talks about this incredible treasure that we have with God. But what we fail to recognize is that in that verse he says, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. And what he's implying is that we leak. We evaporate, we dissipate. That unless we abide with God, 
that the clay of our own lives is not enough to sustain us in moments like we are in right now. Out of this encounter with God, Gideon begins to rise up and he begins to push back against the Midianites, against the contentions of life. And he begins to experience the win of God in his life for himself and for his family. He makes the decision that he's going to encounter God multiple times in the story and throughout his life that he has here moments with God. And in those here moments, God pours valor into this man, courage into this man, strength. He he actually pours strategy into this man so that he can handle the Midians of his day. So let me ask you, as we go into this moment with God and a moment of, of meeting with him, a here moment, have you forgotten that you were made for more than what we're experiencing right now? Have you discovered that we all leak? Have you settled for living in caves or accepted a reality about yourself that is just a shell of what God intended for your life? Have you allowed the valor of God to dissipate from your life because you haven't been spending time here in moments with him, whether in your backyard, whether in a small group, whether at a watch party, whether while walking down the street, whether it's time spent in the word of God. God wants to offer us the strength that is needed for every single day. And with every single day, he wants to empower us, not just to be mere survivors, but rather to hear the voice of God, O mighty man and woman of valor. The call for us to rise up, to arise and to shine in the midst of darkness, to be hope and light to a people who are walking in darkness. But it all comes through meeting with God spending time with him. So as we kind of enter into this moment of worship, maybe you're having communion at your house, maybe it's a time for you to go and get alone in, in a room and just have a moment of prayer, a here moment with God. Let this be a time where we, we present our, our jars of clay to God, broken and porous and maybe empty, but yet still the objects of his grace. And we ask God to once again fill us with his Holy Spirit and to renew us with his power.